Um, uh, we are in this series. We're starting a brand new series. It's called The Chosen. And I'm just giving you just a quick intro. The Chosen is a, a film series that is uh, created by Dallas Jenkins. And he's used the, his creative liberties to kind of create these backstories on biblical characters. And I want to encourage you that as we unpack this series for four weeks, I want you to take some time during your week, grab a couple of friends and say, hey, we're going to watch this together. I promise you, I promise you. It's going to be having boogers, tears. You're going to be like, Pastor Rowe, this thing is wrecking me. I mean, it is going to bless your life. And you could watch it on YouTube. You could also download the Chosen app. And for the next four weeks, we're going to be unpacking this. And episode four happens to be, on season one, episode four happens to be the favorite episode of season one of Dallas Jenkins. And as I was watching episode three, four, and five, I, episode four really stuck to me. And it's found in Luke chapter five, verse one through 11. So I'm going to ask you right now to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter five, verse one through 11. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We have a, the verses here on the screen. But I do want to encourage you that if you don't have a Bible, you can download one on your uh, app store. And you can also pick one up at Kuhau Connect. And here's what it says. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 and 11. It says, on one occasion, while the, while the crowd was pressing in on him, meaning Jesus, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Verse 3, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And I really love this in verse 5. And Simon Peter answered, I don't know if you've been here. Master, I've toiled all night. Have you ever been at that place where you feel like you've been working this over and over and over again to no avail and it doesn't seem like it's working? But look at Simon's answer. He says, Master, I've been toiling all night, but at your word. Church, this is powerful. He says, but at your word. And in the film, I love it because in the film, he kind of says it like almost like, sarcastically, almost like if it's not going to work. But it's amazing that God will take your haphazard at your word and still show off in your life. He says, Master, I've been toiling all night, but at your word, I will let down these nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. Verse 11. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And when Jesus said to Simon, 
And then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Another translation puts it this way. From now on, you will be fishermen of men, of people. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. This verse in, in verse 5 is really where I want to kind of hone in and, and is really where I grabbed the title to my message today. Master, I've toiled all night. I've toiled all night, but at your word. My title to this message is, I don't think I got this. I don't think I got this. Can you be honest and transparent with your neighbor right now and look at them in the eye and say, hey, if I was being honest... I don't think I got this. Look at your other neighbor, the one that you rejected and neglected and left for number two. Say, say, excuse me. If I was being honest, I don't think I got this. Can we bow our heads and pray for a moment? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're going to speak to our hearts today. And so we open up our hearts, God, for whatever you want to do. We don't want to spend the next 45 minutes just checked out, waiting to see what's next afterwards. We want our hearts to be fully present and receive everything that you have available for us at this moment. So we make ourselves available to you. We lay down our crowns before you. We open up our hearts, our mind, our understanding to hear you speak to us right now. We need you, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that as I share this word, Lord God, that it may be less of me and more of you. None of me until it's all of you. That I may decrease and that you may increase and that your love and strength be perfected in my weakness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And amen. Can we give God a shout of praise in this room one more time? Thank you. Can we give it up for Kevin on the keys? Um, uh, you know, without looking at the person next to you this time, I want to ask you this question. Um, do you know anybody who has the I got this syndrome? <laughs> do you know anybody who has this? I, I got this syndrome. Like, you know anybody like that? And if you don't know anybody like this, you might be the person with the I got this syndrome. Right? Like, like there's something about like, I got this syndrome. And if, and if anybody here is ebonically challenged or impaired, I, I just want to break it down. When the I got this syndrome is when you don't need nobody's help. You're going to take care of it. Can't nobody tell you what to do. You have it under control and you're going to do this, whatever this is on your own by yourself. I got this. It's the I got this syndrome. Like, like, and this is something that that uh, has plagued all of us. Like, you, you know, you know, you know, you got somebody that has the I got this syndrome when they're carrying a hundred pound cabinet and you offer them your help. Hey, can I help you with that? And they're like, no, I got this. Right? Like the other day, promise you. I mean, I thank God my wife doesn't have this syndrome. She used to have it, but she is healed. Praise the, praise the name of the Lord. She is healed, but sometimes it'd be creeping up. Come on, somebody. 
Sometimes that joint be creeping up. You know what I mean? The other day she's opening up a bottle of Thousand Island dressing. And she's opening it. She's opening up this bottle. And I'm looking at her with this smirk. <laughs> and so I'm looking at her and I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm giving her the, the smile. And I was like, hey, can I help you? And I don't know what it was, but something about this smile told her that she needed me and she's dependent on me. And if I help her, she is nothing without me. That's what my smile told her and all that. And I was like, hey, can I help you? And she was like, absolutely not. I got this. I'm going to do it. She opened it up by herself. I said, Lord, why do you have to validate these things in her life? Like we're trying to heal this part of her. And, and, and this is, let's be honest, this is something that, this is not just even us now. This is something that, like even when we're kids, like I, I've shared this story before. Like my daughter, Sayla, who is 13, at the age of three, Sayla was putting on a shirt. And she's putting it on. And as she's putting it on, I see her tangling herself up. And I'm like, baby, let me help you. She's like, no, 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 no let me do it. Let me do it. And I'm like, no, baby, let me help you. She's like, no, let me do it. And I'm like, no, baby, let me, let me help you. That's what I'm here for. And of course, she's like, no, I got this. And she entangles herself up until she ain't got it no more. And daddy got to come and rescue her. You know what I'm talking about? Here's what I, what I was thinking about as I was preparing this message. Like, have, have you ever realized, like, like your I got this? And your, I'm good. And your, I don't need your help. Have you ever realized that I got this under control? Your, your, I got this has an expiration date. Have you ever realized that? Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I got this is good. Like, it's great. It's awesome. Like, it works for you. And it has worked for you. But have you ever realized that after a while, like, I got this is like, I, 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 I don't think I got this. Like, I, I, it's worked for you. It was great. Like, I'm good. But the more and more you use it up, it almost seems like, hey, I don't think this is working for me anymore. I don't, I don't think I quite got this the way I thought I had this. And, and, and you're, it's like, oh, oh, hey, oh, my future plans. Oh, I remember when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. Oh, my future. Yo, I got this. I got this under control. I, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it happen. And it's almost like you, you got this and, and you got it. And, and it's like you, you got a hold of it, but it's slipping like through your hands. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like the thing that you said you got is slipping right through your hands? Like, oh, my future. I got this. Oh, man, I got this. <laughs> I, oh, 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 my God. I don't think I got this. Where you going? Where's my future? I, I, think, I don't think I got this oh you went through the divorce and I oh I got this <laughs> you know what I'm saying I got this I got this I'm going through a divorce now I'm raising kids by myself and, I, and I'm holding on to it and I'm like, no 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 I still got this I got this pastor I got, I, I got this I, I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't think I got this anymore. Oh, it's all, it's all right. Like, no, no, I know. I, I know I'm behind the bills. I, I know, but it's okay. Like, yo, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, I got this. I got this. We're going to make this happen. And this is what we're going to do. I got this. I don't need no one's help. I'm going to make it happen. I put myself in this situation. I'm going to get myself out of it. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make sure I go down the right path. I got this. And it's like. I don't, I don't think I got this anymore. 
I don't think I got this. And what once worked for you, it's like, I don't think I got this. And it's crazy because I feel like when we enter this story in Luke chapter 5, we encounter a character who is the personification of I got this. Like Peter is, he's, he's this guy who, oh, like Peter is going to get it done. If there's anything about Peter, Peter has convinced himself that he can depend on himself 100% of the time. He is someone that has mastered depending on his own strength. He is someone like, this is, this is Peter. Like, Peter, at this point, when you go into Luke chapter 5, and if you look at episode 5, you immediately meet a man who's going to get it done. Like, he's in debt to the Roman government, and he has to figure out how to pay this debt to the Roman government. And what he's doing is like, oh, Peter, he's strategizing. He's smuggling. He is plotting. He is making sure that he's going to be able to resolve this problem. He's making sure that he has this and so much so, the, I love the episode because the episode shows him strategizing to betray even his own friends because he has to pay a debt. And this debt ain't going to pay itself. So I, I got this. Ain't nobody going to help me pay this debt. Everybody's out for their own. Everybody's doing their own thing. But ain't nobody going to pay me, help me pay this debt. debt. So I got to figure out a way how to make sure I'm, I, I got this. So the episode goes where he's like, he goes to betray his friends and he can't go. So they were, they were fishing on the Sabbath so that they wouldn't pay taxes. So he's like, he makes this trade with the Roman government and he says, hey, if I show you these people, would you let me go on the debt? He's got it under control. He's got it taken care of. But what happens is, is that he's not able to pull through. He's not able to go through with it. He's not able to go and betray his friends. And so he's like, you know what? I'm just going to do this on my own. I, I'm going to do this on my own. And I'm going to go and I'm going to. And, and, and he, sail, he sails out into the deep. And he goes and, and, and you see the episode like he's, he's throwing out the net. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I got this. It's gonna make, I'm going to make this happen. Let's really, let's really back in. It's okay. It's still early. All right. <sighs> We're going to go fishing. Come on, come on. Come on. Yeah, fishy, 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 fishy. There's no fish. Like, no, no, no. With this ocean, there's got to, I'm going to, listen, I'm going to stay as long as it takes. And, and look at his devotion. Look at his dedication. Look at his, his determination to, I got this. I don't need anybody's help. I'm going to make this happen. Throws the net once again. And here he comes. Okay, okay, here he goes. I've let it out for about three hours. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. What's going on? Like, I don't, I don't get, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe I'm not, throw, maybe I need to go somewhere else. I'm going to go somewhere else. Okay, I, 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 I go and, 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 I, and I set sail somewhere else. Okay, here we go. There's got to be fish here. Finally, here we go. I don't think I got this anymore. Have you ever been at that place where you have toiled all night? And you finally realize that what you thought you had, you don't got this anymore. Have you been at that place where, and this is where, there, this is where the scene kind of begins to escort Jesus into the mix. Because in this scene now, now, now Peter's about to give up and Peter's like, this is, this is just not working out. I give up. 
And, and the episode now brings Peter back to shore. And this is where we pick up in Luke chapter 5. And it says, and when, when he, Jesus, had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon Peter answered, Master, we've toiled all night, but at your word, I will let down the nets. You know, sometimes I think like, like Jesus has a sense of humor. Have you ever realized that? Like, like, like he's oblivious to the fact that Peter has been doing the thing that he just told Peter to do. Can I ask you a question? What do you do when God tells you to go back to the thing you gave up on? What do you do when God says, hey, hey, I, hey, I, I want you to go fight for your marriage? Excuse me? What do you think I've been doing? I've been at this for 17 years. What do you think I've been doing here? Just fanning my behind? Painting my nails? What do you think I've been doing here, Jesus? Like if I'm, if I'm putting myself in the person's shoes, this is what Jesus is telling Peter. Hey, you know what Peter was doing? Peter was letting down his net. Peter was in, going into the deep. And Peter was trying to make a catch. You know what Jesus tells him? Hey, Peter. I want you to lay down your let. I want you to go down into the deep, and I want you to great, grab a catch. And, and, and God has a sense of humor. He'll be like, hey, I want you to fight for your marriage now. No, I've, I've been fighting for my marriage. Can, can't you see I've been struggling all night? Can't you see I've been going at it for 17 years? Can't you see that I've been letting down my net? I, what do you think this is, Jesus? 17 years I've been fighting for my marriage, and now you're going to tell me? Oh, thank you, Cop Captain Obvious. Oh, now you're going to tell me to go? And now, oh, now I should fight for my What do you think I've been doing? What do you think this has been? What do you think I've just been playing around? I've been fighting for my marriage. Hey, hey, oh, how about, God, I'll tell you, hey, now it's the time. Time for what? Now is the time. Now, now I have the person for you. No, I'm done with relationships, Jesus. What do you think I've been doing? Do you think I've been going to resting place and ignite? And I've been going to dwell night just to get my worship on? I've been putting myself out there trying to find the right one, trying to put myself on the market so that I can be, so people can see the way I hallelujah. What do you mean now you have? No, I've been trying to get into a relationship. And every person that I meet, they, they're great at praising God, but they're not good at love. I'm done with relationships. He goes, no, because now it's at my word and not in your own strength. Can I tell you, can I tell you, like, listen to me, church. There is, there is a huge difference between you doing the same thing in your own strength and you doing it at God's word. And I can imagine if there was this conversation that maybe Peter had been having with Jesus and Jesus having with Peter, and he's like, hey, Peter, um, hey, I need you to throw down your net. And Peter's like, I love this because, you know, Peter doesn't always get it right. A lot of times, you know, Peter gets it wrong. But can I, I like, can I give Peter a praise break real quick? Because, I mean, Peter gets it wrong so many times. 
times. I mean, he's cutting off ears. He's cutting people off. I mean, he's denying Jesus. But there's a time that Peter actually got it right, where there's a highlight of Peter actually getting it right because he's over here talking to Jesus and he's like, hey, I need you to throw your net at the other side. Hey, I need you to do the thing that you gave up on. I need you to go back to the thing that you think is not going to work. Now it's going to work. You know why? Because it's at my word. I'm sorry, Peter. It's not your boat. It's not your skills. It's not your net. It's not your toiling. It's not your labor. It's not your expertise as a fisherman. It's at my word. It wasn't a rod that split the Red Sea. It was at my word. Oh, it was not a slingshot that took out the giant. It was at my word. It wasn't a shout that brought down the walls of Jericho. It was at my word. It wasn't Gideon's army who was proficient in weaponry. It was at my Church, can I tell you, like, I can't emphasize enough the difference of you doing something identical. But one is in your own strength and one is at his word. Because here's, here's, here's the power. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Because when it's at his word, it's consistent of power and it's consistent of his timing. That's what happens when it's at his word. When it's at his word, it's full of power and it has perfect timing. And oftentimes we're trying to do things in our own strength, with our own power, but outside his timing. And oftentimes it's timing. The timing is there, but you're still depending on your own strength. God is saying the timing is now. And you're like, but no, I'm weak. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. This is not, no. But when it's at his word, here's what's happening. It's both power and perfect timing. And so Peter says, hey, I get it. I've been toiling all night. I've been doing this a long time. I've been busting my butt. I've been trying to figure it out. I don't want to do this, Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus, I don't think this is going to work. But at your word. And I love it because in the, in the film, it's almost like he's like looking at him. You know, like when you like can't take your eyes off, off someone because you're like so annoyed at them. Like you're moving over here, but you're still looking at them. And that's the scene. He's like. at your word. And this showed me how powerful and how good our God is. Because he'll take your fickle at your word. He'll take your flimsy at your word. And sometimes we think we need this firm at your word. See, when I think about at your word, I think about it like this. I thought it was like this. I've been toiling all night. But Jesus at your word, I will throw down the nets. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is it. No, no, it's like this. Like, it's like, whatever, man, if you say so. Can I tell you, 
some of our most faith-filled moments don't look like firm faith. They look like flaky faith. They look like this. Whatever, if you say so. And you know what that shows me? That God has a greater commitment to bless you than you could ever possess trust to place your faith in him. Whew. I, I, I wish every time that God moved in my life, it was because I was positioned like this. At your word, Father, you are so good. Yes, look at the miraculous things that you're about to accomplish. Right now, I wish my faith always looked like that. And every time that God showed off in my life, it was because I was filled with faith. But can I tell you, church, so often in our lives, and this is the message that we end up seeing. Like we look at other people and they look so perfect and they look so filled with faith. If we were being honest, a lot of our faith looks like this. <sighs> That's your word. If you say so, a lot of our faith looks like this. Fine. A lot of our faith looks like this flimsy commitment. Okay. And I wish I could tell you that every time that God showed up in my life, it looked, it looked good because I was firm. No, oftentimes it was because I was flimsy. It was this haphazard commitment. But God still showed up. And can I tell you that if you're in this place and maybe you think that your faith needs to be firm and I love messages about firm faith and I love messages like Mike Todd, crazy faith. But if I were to be honest with you, oftentimes what you see in the Bible is not faith-filled people. It's people that were willing just to take a chance on God. People that were willing to take a chance on Jesus. And that's the great news because it's not dependent on my faith, but it's dependent on his faithfulness and I want to tell you on this afternoon that God is more de dedicated to be faithful to you than you could ever possess the power to be committed to him. If you believe that in this place, give God a praise. So, so I think that if we were to interview Peter here, I think he would give us a couple of nuggets. He would keep, give us a couple of things that we could take home with us. And here's the first thing that I think that Peter would tell us about getting to this place of, of at your word. See, because here's the thing. When you get to the place of, I don't think I got this, it becomes the precursor to at your word. See, because as long as you think you got it, you're going to keep trying to get it. But when you get to the place of, I don't think I got this, you're in the best place because it's the precursor to, okay, God, at your word. And here's what I think Peter would tell us if he was here today. He would say, I learned how to depend more on God's strength and depend less on mine. When Peter finally got to the place of, I don't got this, I don't think I got this, and he moved to at your word, he learned a few things. And here's what he learned. I learned how to depend more on God's strength and depend less on mine. I mean, I think if Peter was here today, he would admit, yeah, I'm used to depending on myself. If, I were being, if we were being honest here today, we would say we are a lot like Peter in many areas of our lives. Like, Lord, I worship you. Lord, you're amazing, but I got this. 
Lord, thank you for wanting to be part of my life, but Lord, um, I'm going to depend. See, many times what we say doesn't add up with what we do. There's no judgment for that, but it is a function. I call it a functional dysfunction. Like you think you got this, but you don't realize how bad you don't. And so it's like, Lord, oh, this is amazing. Lord, you are good and your mercies are new every morning. But I, I got this from here because I'm so accustomed to depending on my own voice, on my own advice, on my own experience, on my own area of expertise, on my own knowledge, on my own counsel, on my own wisdom, on my own discretion, at my own pers- personal and emotional persuasion. I, I appreciate you, God, but I got this. And I just want to tell you that God wants to invade your I got this. And, and I want to say, maybe you're, maybe you're here today and you're, and you're in a situation where you thought that you had to deal with it all by yourself. And matter of fact, you thought you had to deal with it all by yourself because you thought that God had no interest in it. The truth is that Jesus had way more important things than filling his boat with fish. But God's concern is what you're concerned about. So even if it's paying rent, even if it's getting a job, even if it's getting into a relationship, even whatever it is, whatever concerns you, whatever worries you, because here's the truth. I got this is just secret code for I'm stressed and I don't know what to do about it. So I want to tell you, like, you could switch off to depending on God's strength. I just want to do a quick Bible study. John chapter 6, verse 60, 63, it says, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words I speak to you are spirit and life. Psalms chapter 127 verse 1, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders work for nothing. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the men who watch over it stay away for nothing. Psalms 20 verse 7. Some find their strength in their weapons and in their wisdom. But my miracle of deliverance can never be won by men. Our boast is in the Lord, our God, who makes us strong and gives us the victory. Psalms 84 verse 5 and 7. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. They go from strength to strength. Psalms 118 verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 this is the word of the Lord you won't succeed by might you won't succeed by power but it is by my spirit says the Lord you want to know why because the enemy could out strategize your your strategy the enemy can outpower your strength but you know what the enemy cannot touch in your life is when you choose to walk by his spirit enemy can't come against when you're operating by his spirit he has no room in that area and so often we are at a place that makes us vulnerable to the enemy's attacks you know what that place is it's i got this lane can i be really transparent right now i was back there and i was like it's just one of those Sundays. I don't know how to explain it. I was back then. I was like, yo, Reuben, you want to preach today? He goes, and he knows because he's a preacher. There's some Sundays, church, that I'm ready to preach 10 times. There's some Sundays 
that I feel like, ooh, I'm ready to preach the paint off these walls. This word is so in me. Ooh, you don't know. T.D. Jake Smike, they ain't got nothing on me today. I'm ready to preach. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Like, I'm ready to go in. And so I looked at Reuben, I was like, yo, you want to preach today? And he was like, it's one of those Sundays, huh? Because he knows exactly what it feels like. Pastor Marquez knows exactly what it feels like. It's like there's some, sometimes you, you, re, you, you preach and you're like, Lord. You say so. And it was funny because he didn't know what I was going to preach and he goes like this to me. That's all right. You got this. I said, no, I don't think I got this. He goes, what do you mean? I was like, that's the title to my message. I can't tell you how many times you would see ministers come up here. I don't think I got this. But it's in those moments where God begins to reveal to you, where is it that you really had your strength in? Did you have your faith in your capability and ability and your own wisdom and expertise? Let's, let's be honest. Sometimes you do this for so long, you start becoming good at it. The brain is a marvelous thing. But if it's dependent on your expertise, it would fail. But if it's dependent on God's strength, it will prevail. Can anybody give God a praise in this room? Here's the second thing I, will, I think he'll say. I learned that God, God's calling over my life is more important than any of my plans. Oh, that was so good. You missed a great time to say amen right there. I'm going to give you another chance. Let me say this again. I learned that God's calling over my life is more important than any of my plans. Look what happens. He says, and when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to the partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both boats. So they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me. I am a sinful man, O Lord, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish. Watch this. And, and that they had taken. And also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, Zebedee who were partners with Simon and Jesus said to Simon don't be afraid because now you're going to be fishermen of men oh my plan and my calling over your life supersedes your own agenda uh, how many how many like how many of you uh anybody here remember a uh, caller id right, we're, we're, we're about to reveal our age there was a time that caller ID did not exist. Pastor Marquez knows of this time. Anna doesn't. <laughs> there was a time that you had to pick up the phone. Gen Zers. And you didn't know who was on the other side. You didn't know who was calling you. Like, there was, like, and, and if, you were in, if you were in a little debt, this is how you answer the phone. Hello? 
you wait for them to say hello. Come on, look at Mark. Mark's like, yeah, I've done that. I've done that a couple of times. Yeah, like you just pick up, like, you wait for the other person. Hello? Oh, hey, how you doing? Titi, como tu esta? Todo bien? How's everything? Huh. Yeah, you know, I just, you know, I owe a little money to Finger Hut, and they've been calling me for what? See, Finger Hut, no, you, anybody know what Finger Hut was? Come on, somebody. It's like. And, and, and there was a time that you didn't know who was calling you because you didn't have cola ID. Can I tell you something right now? Can I be the cola ID in your life right now? You don't have to worry about who's calling you. I want to tell you who it is. His name is Jesus. And on the cola ID, he's letting you know, listen, I've called you. I've purposed you. I've created you and I've designed you with an assignment. And I'm just waiting for you to walk in it and walk in everything that I have for you. I know that you have plans. I know that you have an agenda. I know that you want to be here at a certain time, at a certain place. I get it. But let me tell you something. Much greater than anything you could ever imagine is the call of God that I have over you. I think Peter would tell us, he's like, I had a plan. And God disrupted my plans with his purpose. See, my plan was to be a great fisherman and pay off this debt. But what I realized, that me becoming a fisherman was only preparing me. It wasn't my purpose. It was my preparation. Because I've realized that my purpose is found in the one who's called me. Can I be honest with you, church? My prayer that everyone here would learn what Peter learned that day. Because the moment you discover your purpose, you know what's going to happen? A distracting, a distraction is going to come knocking on your door in the form of an opportunity. To distract you from your obedience. See, God will always lay obedience before you, but in the moment of that, a great opportunity opens up. See, Peter could have stood, even with the miracle that Jesus had. See, Jesus didn't perform that miracle so that he can get rich and move on. He performed that miracle to show him, to show him where he was headed to. And I just want to encourage everybody here that if you're in this place, if you're in this house, I can't tell you enough how much, how important it is for you to walk in your calling. At the end of this service, we're going to have something called growth track. And we begin the journey to discovering our purpose on growth track. And so I want to encourage you here to understand that your life will never make sense unless you discover the reason that God has placed you on this earth. Amen? Amen? Give God a praise in this place. As the worship team and our musicians come up, here's the last thing that uh, Peter would tell us. The last thing he would tell us is, I've learned, this is so good, I learned that Jesus wasn't, that Jesus wasn't a means to an end but he was the true meaning of life. I learned that Jesus wasn't a means to an end. He's the true meaning of life. And what I mean is that in the film, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, is coming to Peter letting him know, hey, hey, I found, I found the Messiah. I found the lamb. I found the one. 
He goes, I don't need a land. What I need is fish. He goes, fish? He's like, Psh. you'll have all the, like this guy's the Messiah. He performs miracles. And at first, he was just looking at Jesus as simply a means to an end. I don't need Jesus, but I do need my house in order. So if he's going to help me get my house in order, then I'll go to Jesus. I, like Jesus is great and everything. Like, but I don't really, like, does he have something to offer me? Because what I, what I really need in my life right now is fish. What I need in my life now is, is money. And oftentimes we will see Jesus simply as a means to an end. I want to get here in life, and I know I can't get here in life without Jesus, so I'm going to make sure that I have Jesus because I need to get here in life. And Jesus simply becomes a bridge to where we want to go. And so we just see Jesus as this means to an end. And can I be, can I be honest? Like, Jesus will let you see him as a means to an end at first. Like, God is so good that he will allow you to see him as a means to an end for a while. He's like, I'll be the means to your end until you realize I'm the meaning of life. Until you realize that I am the end goal. Oh, like you're hungry? And that's why you came to me? Because you're hungry? That's great. Because I'll give you food until you realize I'm the bread of life. Oh, you're broke and you need money. I'll give you money until you realize that I'm the real wealth. You're lonely? You can't get rid of this feeling of loneliness no matter where you are? I'll bring you some friends until you realize I am the companion of your soul. Oh, oh you think that Someone's going to fill that void in your heart so you want a relationship. I'll bring you a boyfriend. I'll bring you a girlfriend. I'll bring you a husband. I'll bring you a wife until you realize I am the lover of your soul. You're stressed? I'll take it away until you realize I'm your peace. <laughs> You're hurting? I'll relieve your pain until you realize I'm not just only a healing savior I am your healing Jesus will be a means to your end until he becomes the meaning of your life and where Peter started at this place of I don't need the lamb what I need is fish I don't need a savior of my sins. I don't need anybody to forgive my sins. I need someone to help my grandma who's in the hospital. I don't need preaching and worship. I don't need any of that. What I need is someone to help me with this bill. That's where Peter was. But look what took place in John chapter 6, verse 63. No, John chapter 6, verse 67. Jesus performs a miracle. People were chasing him to find out if he can perform more miracles for them. And Jesus starts saying, no, I am the meaning of life. I am this blood and bread that you have to take. And the Bible says, 
John chapter 6, verse 66 is not up there, but it says, And on this day, many disciples left Jesus. I think it's one of the saddest verses in the Bible. On this, and at this time, many began to walk away from Jesus. Look what verse 67 says. So Jesus then says to the 12, Do you want to go away as well? Hey, look how many people are leaving me. Look how many people are walking away. Because I am not enough. They want what my hands have to offer. But they don't want me for the heart I possess for them. He goes, are you going to walk away from me too? Who responds? Who responds? Who? Let him hear you online. Who? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, whom shall we go to? You have the words of eternal life. I remember that moment when I said at your work. Where else are we going to go? I abandoned the whole catch for you. Where else am I going to go? Because I'm no longer looking for a resource. I'm looking for the source. I'm not looking for a resource. I'm looking for a relationship with you. See, Peter went from the place of seeing Jesus as a means to an end. Seeing Jesus simply as a meal ticket. Seeing Jesus as simply as a miracle worker. Seeing Jesus of what can you do for me too. Hey, you're the meaning of life and nothing else matters unless you're involved in it. Can you get up on your feet today? So my question to you today is, are you at that place of, I don't think I got this. I don't think I got this. Because though you think it's your strength failing you, and it is, it is actually the precursor to what God wants to do in your life. This is the place that you learn how to depend on God and less on your own strength. This is the place that you embrace your calling and abandon your agenda. This is the place where you stop seeing Jesus simply as a means to an end. And you begin to see Jesus for who he is, the meaning of life. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, I just want to pray for a few people today. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I just want to give a moment of privacy and a moment of intimacy as I make this call for prayer. If you're in this place and you say, hey, I'm, my I got this doesn't work anymore. I've been at this place and I've been front. But at your word, if that's you, can I pray for you? I just want to say a quick prayer. And if you want me to include you in that prayer, would you be so bold to just lift up your hand right there where you are at the count of three? One, two, three. If that's you, lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. There it is. 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 What we're saying is at your word, Lord. At your word. At your word. At your word. You can put your hand right back down. Put it right back down. 
Heavenly Father, I pray right now for every single person who lifted up their hands of God. We declare today, Lord God, that we will embrace our calling over our agenda. Would you let them know right now, Lord, that you are the source of their strength and they don't need to depend on their own strength. They don't need to try to do it without you, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you would reinvigorate them with who you are and who you've called them to be right now in this moment. In Jesus' name, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that they may see you as enough, that they may see you as the lover of their soul, that they may see you as their peace and as their healing, that they may see you as the source of life. I pray that that be stitched in their heart right now. In Jesus' name, amen.